Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to show number 42, the live podcast of the Blue Hawaii Podcast. If you're here for the Proud Boys meeting or the Nambla meeting, that's going to be held at OCCC. You're in the wrong place. The lift is waiting for you right outside. We'll usher you out. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure and my privilege to introduce you to the 42nd show, the live show of the Blue Hawaii Podcast, brought to you, of course, by Pukua Sunscreen. You can find them in the lobby or online at pukua.org. Homebrew in paradise. You're a source for all of your homebrewing needs. About to open up a brewery in the TOD district of Kalihi Kai. How about Living Wage Hawaii? Supporting one job should be enough here in Hawaii. Royal Thai Garden out in Neva Beach. We're going to be hearing from them a little bit later. New York Live presented by Jason Anthinian. And High Designs Barber and Lounge. Let's do the drop. Josh Michaels and Ryan Little, ladies and gentlemen, you're a host of the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Wow. Welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast Live. I am Josh Michaels. And I'm Ryan Little. I guess you guys couldn't get Bruno Mars tickets either? <laughs> okay. So we are here in Mark's Garage, the Arts at Mark's Garage, in their lovely black box theater space. Uh, thank you so much, Marks, for having us. Uh, this is, I believe, their... Yeah, give me a hand, give me a hand, give me a hand. I think this is their first ever live podcast taping. Is this anybody's first time at Mark's tonight? Yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. I got some Mark's virgins. Well, you know, they do great community events, uh, live theater, everything. So. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, and okay, also, <laughs> let's talk about us, about the, about the two of us. So has anybody here ever not listened to the show? Is this anybody's first time ever seeing it? So, yeah. Yes, hell yeah. Okay, so uh, a I'm little so, bit so about sorry. us. Yeah, little about us. Uh, we are basically, we're liberal arts majors who hedged our bets on law school, and uh, we needed some kind of creative outlet. <laughs> All right, where are my liberal arts majors at? Make some noise. Yeah. Student debt, student debt. Uh, our, our health insurance doesn't cover shock therapy, but we thought this might be cathartic. Yep. <laughs> so, no, but seriously, basically our wives got tired of us ranting to them about politics and asked us to, you know, rant to strangers instead. Yeah. You know, and, and I've always wanted to like, yeah, I've always wanted to do some art entertainment stuff, but I'm completely tone deaf, so this is the only way they would let me in front of a microphone. <laughs> uh, so we called it the Blue Hawaii Podcast. You know, we're thinking, uh, pay homage, you know, the Elvis movie, The Drink. Um, our politics are blue. Our moods are occasionally blue. Old school comedians would say our language is blue. It's true. Uh, and just like how Elvis appropriated R&B and rock and roll, we shamelessly steal about half our ideas from Jesus and Mero. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, here we are, uh, 40-something episodes later, and uh, now they're putting us on the news. We were on KHON 2's uh, Take 2 on Monday. How legit is that? They even did their fancy, like, uh, your election dun, now dun, thing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> How legit is that? Yeah. Um, so we're here tonight, and we wanted to try to put on a fun show, uh, basically to throw a party celebrating season one uh, and it winding down. But uh, we're not going away, and we actually have some, a very exciting project that we're going to tell you more about a little later on. Uh, but as for now, again, this is episode 42. Uh, did anybody ever read The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Yes. So the good thing about tonight is we are going to tell you the answer to life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> you know, there's nothing like live radio. Uh, I grew up listening to Prairie Home Companion on public radio, and I even saw 
one of Garrison Keillor's shows, but now you know you can't really talk yeah, about it. Yeah, this seems like a great time to talk about our sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get a round of applause uh, for all the people who helped make this happen today. Uh, that's Homebrew in Paradise, Woo! Royal Tide Garden, Ebba Beach, Woo! Living Wage Hawaii, Woo! High Design Barber and Lounge, Pukoa Sunscreen, Woo! and Jason Anthenian Financial Planning Services at New York Life. Woo! Everybody laugh. Woo! Let's get a clap. Oh, and one more time, everybody. How about a hand for the lovely, the wonderful musical stylings of Isaac? How good is he? Holy shit, that guy's good. How good. You know what? I think, you know, I just met him tonight. I want to get to know him a little better. Isaac, come on out. Come talk to us. Here he is. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so, first things first, look at this. Isaac look was on the that. cover of Lay magazine, guys. Uh, Isaac, will you tell us a little bit about Lay and, and how the cover thing yeah. came about? So Lay is a, um, a magazine from Mellow Media Group. It's a publication from them and it's a, I guess it's like a LGBTQ traveler's guide to the islands. And so they asked me and my friend Lena to be a part of it. Uh, we're, both singer-songwriters who grew up here in Hawaii, and so they wanted to feature us, but they didn't tell me that I was gonna be on the cover. Surprise! Was, yeah, yeah. You, you look great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll transition away from that uh, and talk a little bit about music. So who are some of your favorite artists? Like who inspired you and who have you been listening to recently? Uh, who inspires, well, I started with like traditional Hawaiian music, uh, growing up with my grandma and my mom. So I listened to a lot of Uluvehi Guerrero and Robi Kahalo and... Where'd you grow up? I grew up um, all over on Oahu, but then I also grew up on Molokai with my grandma after she adopted me. Shout out to Molokai, yeah. represent, man. Uh, speaking of Molokai, some very, very exciting news about Molokai coming up later on. Yeah. So uh, for our listeners, especially on the mainland, can you explain what makes Molokai, as the song goes, Mobeta? <laughs> Time just moves different there. You guys can like, I mean, it's so much faster here. There it's like, you could spend three days there and it feels like you spent two weeks there. It's, it's just, I mean, I, there's nothing, you can't really explain much. It just moves, time is different there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and so you sort of blend a lot of different styles. Can, can you talk specifically about like who's influencing you from the Hawaiian and local music scene? From the Hawaiian local music scene, I would definitely say um, Kimi has been a big influence on me. She's been a, a, a wonderful mentor to me. And Teresa Bright has also been a really, uh, uh, big influence on my music as well, but um, I get a lot of my inspiration from music, like pop music and R&B music, so I love Beyonce. <laughs> I love yeah, Beyonce. Who doesn't? who doesn't? What's that? Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who doesn't? Meet me outside. <laughs> so I, I was reading um, the article and also said you were a fan of Mariah Carey. So Mariah Carey was the first um, like American pop artist Are that I... It's Christmas season, you know what's coming, right? It's, it's Mariah Carey season <laughs> every day. I love Mariah. I saw this meme. Uh, it said Mariah Carey's uh, entered the American Top 100 again for the Christmas season. Mm -hmm. And it was like, she has risen. <laughs> <laughs> she gets stronger as Christmas comes closer. <laughs> So what, what is it like to win a Nahoku Hanohano Award? I mean, I got to win it with Kimi A, so it was, uh, it was amazing. I, I wrote a song with her that she won Song of the Year for, and um, the year before that I was nominated for um, Best New Artist and Contemporary Album of the Year, and I didn't win. You so didn't this, win? No, I didn't Who win. Who the hell won? 
Uh, don't say it, don't say it. We don't want to start a Kalani mob. Kalani Peo won. Okay, and, everybody, and if anybody wants to yes, fight Kalani Peo. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then um, Kyo Ho won for Best New Artist, which they should have. They're amazing, and they're, ha- they're going to have such a long, beautiful career. But not as long as you. And speaking about <laughs> that, uh, you've got a show coming up very soon, isn't that yeah, right? Yeah, I do. Tell us about it. Um, it's going to be at the Hawaii Convention Center. Um, it's a bigger show. I, I spend a lot of my time, my, my work that I do is a lot, a lot of it is in restaurants and hotels and I'm doing like three hours of covers and some originals. So this show is all original music. Um, I get awesome. to do it with some of my best friends. I got a full band and then we put, a, put together a bunch of visuals. Um, so we're projecting on like a big full moon scrim wall. Um, it's just a whole production. I just kind of get to step into my little Beyonce shoes for a couple hours, awesome. you know? Yeah. Where, where do people go to get tickets to get more information? So you can go to the um, honoluluboxoffice.com. <laughs> yeah. right Don't worry, here. we got you covered. Exactly. Thank you guys for Thanks having us, by the way. Jordan got Little, my wonderful bride. Can we yeah. get a round of applause for her? I was going to say, how did you guys get this flyer? Because I haven't even posted yeah, I, it yet. I learned to stop asking how Jordan does anything. Yeah, She's yeah. just guys, that good at everything. Little internet witches. Yeah. Um, no, so these are... I'm. <laughs> I'm having like um, some of my friends open for me, Kailana and 12 Noon and Midnight, uh, but then I also have some special guests that'll be in my set with me oh, as well. Fantastic. Shout out to Imua Garza, my Hanai cousin. Hey. Yep. Yeah. Opihi Pickers. <laughs> All right. Um, well, any other projects? Anything else we need to know about? Yeah, I'm working on my second album right Whoa. now, but my first album is out, so it could use some love. Go get guys. it. How did they find it? Where you guys have like 10 bucks to spare. Um, it's, uh, it's called Obsidian. It's on iTunes. Basically, anywhere that you can get your digital music from, it's on there. Or you can just follow me on Instagram because followers and shit. Um, stuff, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> no, you can say shit. Shit, 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 Thank you. Okay, 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 okay. Too far, too far, too far. All right, well, Isaac, ladies and gentlemen, give him a hand. Give it up, give it up. We'll see him in a little bit. He'll be back with more tunes. Now we're going to kick it back to our man, Chris Garth, MC extraordinaire for more. Chris. Yo, what's happening, ladies and gentlemen? We got a clap out there? That's right. Yo, let's give it up for Isaac one more time. You can find all of his art, all of his music on Google Play, on iTunes. And when you're on the internets, make sure you check out the Blue Hawaii podcast. Make sure you download or at least subscribe to their program. Um, I think we got a word... Coming up from one of our sponsors here in a little bit, Homebrew in Paradise, make sure that you check them out while they're here. Uh, You may have, hopefully you left your information with Bill, one of the proprietors of Homebrew in Paradise earlier on so that you could win in a raffle later um, an introduction to Homebrew kit and class. Um, But I think we have a little bit of a, we got a live commercial for you. Gentlemen, if you could. Everybody clap if you've heard this one before. Yeah. I want a cold one. A cold beer for the Hawaii sun. I feel your breath in every word calling me out. Wow, 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 wow. Don't drink tequila 
is only beer from my casita. It's my drink for all seasons, cause I went to home brew. So if you say my beer ain't good enough, I could brew my own to get me drunk. I could make my wine to better suit your mood. We'll go to homebrew. So if you're feeling thirsty in Honolulu, don't wait no more, go get yourself down to homebrew. They also help with cider and your kimchi too, yeah. 740 Mohova, a streak of Lehikaya. Holy shit, 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 shit. Wow. Isaac, you might have a little competition up in the Hoku Awards coming up. Man, those guys that were singing were really talented. What's Rob Thomas up to nowadays? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I, I always sing the song 3 a.m. Uh, whenever we go to karaoke because my wife hates it. Uh, <laughs> she hates it so much, and I always slip it in. And it's like we'll be there for 14 songs, and all of a sudden she hears that bow and get down, and she's like, oh my god. No. Uh, hey. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. So we're going to need a little audience participation for this one. Um, who here likes Mad Libs? I've got one. one this, two. this gentleman right here. We've got two right that, there. I need one more back. person, please. One more person. Right here, right here. I got it. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll get you right there. Um, all right. So, a little, um, a little backstory. Who's heard of a gentleman named Benito Mussolini? <laughs> and who can name the person most similar to him in the world right now? Everybody, shout it out. No, actually, it's no. not. You'd be remiss. No, well, close, but uh, Donald Trump's actually second, so uh, this may not surprise you, given the state of the world in 2018, but Benito's granddaughter, Alessandro Mussolini, is a prominent Italian politician and a member of European Parliament. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, if you like, at Ale Mussolini. Underscores, underscores. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so, anyway, she has staked her claim in the public square, and she's very proud of Grandpa's legacy. And according to the Huffington Post, two weeks ago on Twitter, she threatened that she would alert authorities to anyone defaming him and would take legal action, including filing lawsuits for defamation and libel. It's, like, her campaign slogan is, this ain't your granddaddy's fascism. Yeah. So I have a bad feeling we'll be having this conversation about Jared and Ivanka's kid in 50 years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> My grandfather Donald had his flaws, but he made America great again. Yeah. Uh, the article, this is a side note. The article also said Alessandra proceeded to like several anti-Semitic replies to her tweet. Uh, can't say I'm shocked. Yeah, so basically we took her threat uh, as a lovely challenge and decided that the best way to combat impotent 21st century nepotistic fascism was through art, specifically Mad Libs. Uh, for this act, we're going to have our three volunteers come, on up, come, guys, up, come up to on the up. stage, please. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, can we get the Mad Lib on the screen? And we're gonna need our, uh, our suggestion hats. I believe they're out front. Run like the wind, Josh. We need one, we, we, you, come, come. No, she says no. We need one more volunteer, please. I'm not gonna shame anybody. Uh, let's do Mr. Tall Guy in the back. His name's Randall. I was just trying to act. I was the fourth wall. I'm trying to act like I don't know everybody here. I begged everyone to be here. Like, I pretty much know you all. 
So, uh, <laughs> all right, so here is what we are going to do. Let me make sure I get the, get the uh, instructions right. Uh, we're gonna need you each to grab uh, two suggestions out of the verb hat. We're gonna need you to grab one out of the noun hat and one, or two out of the noun hat and one out of the adjective hat. So if you guys will go uh, two, two, and one, I would be much obliged. In no, any order, yeah. Yeah. Pony is a perfectly good word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Leilani. You'd, you'd be surprised at, uh, <laughs> yeah. never mind. Is she here? <laughs> no. No, I doubt it. Yeah, I, she doesn't know about us. All right, has everybody got their suggestions? Yeah. Okay, great, so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give each of you this mic right here in a moment. Uh, Josh will be handing it to you. Yes. Uh, and you're going to read your Mad Lib suggestions. Does that make sense? So we're gonna go, Benito Mussolini was a verbing adjective noun and was, all, and was only good for verbing nouns. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, and the, uh, so you guys can have both your hands. I'll hold the mic in front of your face if that makes it easier. So we're gonna wanna go verb, and then adjective noun. It's okay, yeah. You get, you know, maybe I should have given you guys more context ahead of time. Um, does everybody have theirs in order? No. No, yeah, no, not even close. Are we getting there? You can just, <laughs> I think you're grabbing more. That's okay. Okay. All right, we're ready. All right. Okay. An audience. Uh, are you ready? At the end, audience, after the three read, um, by round of applause, you're going to pick the one you like most. And they're going to get a prize. Ooh. It could be anything. All right. Uh, actually, here, you take that one, and I'll let them use mine. All, All right, right. So, these, I'll just hold these two mics. Uh, madam, would you introduce yourself? Uh, name, please, and where you're from. My name is Eve. And you're from? Uh, originally California, but I live here. Go home, Howley. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do, Eve. <laughs> oh, thank you, sorry. Uh, so, uh, on, on the count of three, uh, you will read this Mad Lib in order, and we will see how good it is. Ready? All right. Benito Mussolini was trumping provocative octopi and was only good for twerking. <laughs> Oh, I got psychology. All right, there we go. That's what, twerking's always, a, it's always twerking a good bet. psychology. All right, uh, if we can get your, your name and your deepest, darkest secret. Uh, my name is Josiah, and I once burned, burned down 11 acres of public parkland. Is that a true story? My God, are you on the lam right now? Again, my name is Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you would, please. All right. Benito Mussolini was a fucking crude candy bar. Yeah. And was okay. only good for heckling dinner. Oh. Okay. But no heckling here. That'll get you thrown out. All right. Uh, and and uh, if I can get your name and your social security number, say it please very clearly. My name is Randall Watt. Okay. Um, my social security number, I cannot recall. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. My, uh, all right. Well, are you ready? Benito Mussolini was festooning uh, poor Genghis Khan and was only good for hugging South America. Wow. Hey, wow. That actually right. makes me feel bad for him. Okay. Yeah, and a little bad for South America. All right, so, audience. Who likes Mad Lib number one? It was good. It was good. She was wonderful. Okay. Mad Lib number two? 
Mad Lib number three. All right, Mad Lib number two, we got a winner. If you'll just walk out right this way, our lovely MC, Christopher Garth, will get you your prize. Thank you again for playing. Well done, well done. All right, so now that's a lot of suggestions for one Mad Lib game. <laughs> I like the participation, 100%. No, the participation is yeah. what we want. Um, okay, folks, so you may have heard there was a bit of an election Tuesday. Uh, did everyone here vote? Yeah! yeah. Show of hands. If, uh, if you don't vote, they can ignore you, you know. Okay. So let's digest. And, you know, before you say to yourself, oh, two white guys on a podcast talking about politics. How original. Uh, as howly as you think we are, we were not howly enough for Pod Save America. So we had to start our own. And they don't know anything about politics in Hawaii. So... Yeah, we might as well talk local Here we first. are. <laughs> uh, it's hard to get motivated to vote when everything seems basically wrapped up in the August primary, or so we thought. Uh, our top story is governor and friend of the show, David Ige, was handily reelected, uh, and he even showed a little emotion in his speech, too. Uh, on the flip side, who saw uh, Andrea Topola's speech? Yeah. That was, yeah. What'd you guys think? It was, she brought the fire, right? Okay. Yeah, so she's, the thing is, she's, she's genuine, she's passionate, she's young, she's likable. Do she we said, think she's going to give up? Never give up. No. Oh, she will never give up. That was what she said. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, she's, yeah, and she's super, I mean, she's like very, very likable, but it kind of seems like there's very little room for moderation in the Hawaii Republican Party. And it's uh, a shame her running mate uh, despised her openly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, that may be uh, an obstacle. Yeah, strange bedfellows there. Yes. Um, no uh, surprises in the congressional races. So let's look down at the counties. The most competitive race was for city council in East Honolulu between incumbent councilman Treb Ozawa and friend of the show, Tommy Waters. Last time, Ozawa beat Waters by just 41 votes. This time, it was 22. Holy crap, 22. Uh, so if you wondered how much Natalie Owasa's endorsement is worth, about 19 votes. Uh, <laughs> Oh, is Natalie here? I'm sorry, Natalie. <laughs> uh, Mr. Waters also got Derek Lowe's endorsement. You want to know? Unfortunately, it was not enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> plot twist, though. Plot twist. Yeah. Uh, Tommy has refused to concede thus far and is demanding a recount. <laughs> By the way, Ryan, where did you where did you park your car? Uh, I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, <laughs> All right. The other cool story on Oahu: uh, Amy Peruso, Democratic Socialist. One of the House of Representatives. And uh, the Hawaii Senate has a Republican again. Woo! Woo! Yeah, woo. so Kurt Favela defeated Matt Lopresti, who was trying to move up from House to Senate and fill Willis Sparrow's seat. Lopresti, who was caught stealing his opponent's campaign door tags off people's doors, lost by 117 votes. Should have taken a few more. <laughs> All right, so next, let's go to Maui County. This is where we got our best Hawaii news of the night. We're biased. Very our biased. Friend, our friend, your favorite, the William S. Richmond School of Law's very own Keanu Rollins Fernandez is going to the Maui County Jeez. Council, y'all. And she's doing it from Molokai. And I don't think people really appreciate how hard that is yeah. because she was running against everybody. Yeah. So that's super incredible feat. Uh, congratulations, Keanu. Uh, also, Maui County has a new mayor, Mike Victorino. You may know him as the father of two-time World Series champion, Shane Victorino. So, yeah. uncle, uncle, father? <laughs> 
Whatever, name recognition goes kin. a long way. As we say down south, kin. Kin. Uh, so, and folks. speaking of name recognition, yes. the Office of Hawaiian Affairs has a new Oahu trustee, Kale Akaka, granddaughter of the late Senator Daniel Akaka. It's a, it's a tough loss for Esther Kiaino, who was hugely qualified in her own right, but you know, how do you beat that name and that pedigree that's a, a big, beloved family, and rightly so? Um, if know. I'm her, I'm changing my name to Daniela Kaka and running for Senate in 22 and just hoping that nobody realizes the difference. <laughs> you know what's smart? You know what's smart? John Wahee got his father's last and first names. So that's good politics. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Rowena Kana was voted out. Uh, that's Rowena Kana, who had dozens of ethics complaints against her. It's like they say at the Hawaii State Ethics Office, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 50 times and have a book written about it. Shame on me. Okay, so let's segue into the National Digest. Uh, now that the election is over, the race for 2020 is officially underway. Who's Hell ready? Yeah. Woo! We're Normal, ready for more politics. Normal, same country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Politico is reporting that uh, our own representative Tulsi Gabbard is strongly considering a run for the White House. Would you vote for her for president? I would. Oh, okay. I'll vote for anybody from Hawaii. I don't okay. care. So, okay, let's start with the most important result because on November 6th, the voters stood up and delivered a rebuke to the status quo of overrated, unqualified, womanizing, rich white men, and struck a blow for authenticity, diversity, and sanity. Oh yeah. That's right, Blake Shelton is no longer people's sexiest man alive. Congratulations, Idris Elba. Woo! <laughs> no, ser seriously, the biggest news, the Democrats took back the House of Representatives. Yep. Blue wave did materialize. Uh, it, not, maybe not as large as we thought. There's a good Guy Hoggy tsunami warning joke in there, but uh, <laughs> the Republican ads, if they are correct, the Republican ads said, uh, we're going to have socialism. I guess this means we have socialism now. Woohoo! Good job, everybody. Uh, <laughs> upon taking back the House, what did presumptive speaker Nancy Pelosi immediately do? She gave a speech saying, we are not going after Republicans the way they went after us, and we have to try for bipartisanship. It's what the founders would have wanted. You know, West Wing, West Wing was a great show and all, but <laughs> it had its day. Oh, and her Senate, her Senate counterpart, Chuck Schumer, you know, at, at least in fairness to Auntie Nancy, at least like she can get those votes, right? Uh, Chuck Schumer said, we would hope, if there's a constitutional crisis, that our Republican colleagues would join us in thwarting the president from I, creating that crisis. Fantastic, fantastic Thank impersonation. You. you sound just like, it's like he's in the room with us. Um, <laughs> I think the Republicans have shown themselves willing to uphold the norms of decency and decorum required to govern this country, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know that ain't happening. We're doomed. Yeah, uh, that's, that's This is a literal embodiment. The left wing says, abolish ICE. The right wing says, put all the kids in cages. And the leadership and the House says, hire more women guards. <laughs> and it's basically exactly where, why we are exactly where we are right now. Republicans ruthlessly go for the jugular. Meanwhile, Democrats keep pretending this is Model UN and the judges will dock the other side for not playing by the norms. <laughs> Democrats also, need to be more ruthless. They need to get rid of their Ruth. Bad, no, not today. Uh, I, by the way, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, get well soon. Please. <laughs> that's, not what, that's not what we meant. No, I didn't uh, even mean it. Also, yeah. also... Speaking of Chuck Schumer, did you know he led the push to ban Four Loco, the original Ooh. Four Loco? That's, those are, that's two strikes, in so, my opinion. The House is great, not only because we can stop any further Republican attempt to sabotage health care slash the social safety net, it also means they can actually be an investigative check on Trump. You know, we could give you the full list of everything that Democrats can investigate now. There's a, the Russia connection, emoluments, self-enrichment, Ivanka's Chinese trademarks, Jared lying on his security clearance, everybody in the cabinet basically being a great Gatsby-era villain. Uh, <laughs> but we will be here until 2 a.m., 
Um, they can also issue subpoenas. They can make people testify under oath and basically just raise hell about protecting the Mueller probe. And, and Maxine Waters, by the way, will be head of the Financial Services Committee. So yep. uh, you know she's getting them tax returns. Yep. And even though Devin Nunes somehow got reelected, he's not going to be in charge of House Intelligence anymore. And so <laughs> Cocaine Mitch came out and said that Democrats should be careful not to engage in, quote, presidential harassment with their new power. Uh, Mitch, I'd like to introduce you to my friend named Barack o Obama. Uh, yep. I, Trump's entire time in the White House so far is still six months shorter, by the way, than the Benghazi Select Committee probe, which was one of <clears throat> six different GOP-led congressional committee investigations. Get ready, folks. Seatbelts on. Uh, so we can look at some individual races. You guys remember Mitt Romney? He's finally going to Washington. He did it. He did it. We're so proud. I'm so proud of Mitt. Yeah, uh, Michigan's uh, Rashida Tlaib and Minnesota's Ilhan Omar will become the first Muslim women in Congress. Hell so yeah. If you're, if you're having a bad day and you're disappointed about uh, Beto or Gillum, just remember, just think about Mike Pence swearing the two of them in with a Quran, and you'll feel <laughs> a lot better. Also, uh, Sharice Davids from Kansas and Deb Haland from New Mexico will become the first Native American women elected to Congress, y'all. Yeah. Come on. Woo! One of the seats, we have to tell you, about, one of the seats that was really close but did not flip was Virginia's 5th District, and we are not making this up. Democrat Leslie Cockburn, a.k.a. Olivia Wilde's mother, true story, narrowly lost to Denver Riggleman, who she accused of, quote, being a devotee of Bigfoot erotica. For what it's worth, that is Bigfoot country, so I kind of get it. And California's Duncan Hunter uh, was also somehow reelected, despite being, one, under indictment, and two, totally called out by our guest in episode 40. Uh, I don't know, did anybody listen to that? Uh, yeah, totally. Hey, you know what? Just oh, look! You think you're all you, uh, you win one game of Mad Libs? You think you're all hot shit? Yeah. Okay, that's great. <laughs> uh, basically, our our uh, dear friend of the show, Basima Al Hussein, uh, has personally seen Mr. Uh, Hunter partake in, shall we say, the Colombian Bam Bam, the Havana nose candy, the booger sugar itself, and hangs out with questionable women of the night. But you know what? Family values, y'all, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah GOP. Know, things, things were not all bad for the Republicans. Let me read you the headline from their biggest victory of the night in Nevada. Deceased Nevada brothel owner Dennis Hoff wins state assembly race weeks after he was found dead at his Love Ranch brothel by porn actor Ron Jeremy. Hell yeah. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we're sad about Andrew Gillum in Florida, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, and Beto O'Rourke in Texas. Uh, I think Gillum stings the most because he was like the best human running for office. Not and over yet. Not over it's yet. Not that's over. right. That's that you did. I, that's the turn on the story. Story play. Yeah. So plot twist. Uh, he's currently, he's down, but he is within the margin to force a recount against uh, Trump acolyte and absolute insane potential Nazi, Ron, De uh, Ron DeSantis. Also, yeah. human being made of paper mache. Oh my God, that guy's the worst. He, he always looks like he's about to cry. Uh, I would too. I would too. Uh, yeah. So meanwhile, Stacey Abrams in Georgia had to deal with her opponent refereeing their own contest. Which seems totally normal. Uh, and he was basically straight out of central casting for a Jim Crow villain in a movie about the civil rights movement. Uh... You know, that one is also likely to go to recount. They're still fighting on it. Um, Beto, by the way, massively yeah. overperformed expectations. It hurts because he was, like, so cool and suave and handsome and, like, all those things you want him to be. But he was also running in frickin' Texas and lost by, like, just 250,000 votes. And what was it, 8 million, 10 million votes cast? I mean, it, an incredible, incredible amount of votes cast. Huge, uh, huge get in that the race was as close as it was. And it shows that if you have a strong progressive message, people actually listen and will actually get out the vote for you. Also, uh, if there's one thing... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. If one thing is going to bring this country back together, it's how much we all hate Ted Cruz. <laughs> 
Yeah. And uh, second silver lining, it seems like everyone is outperforming Hillary Clinton showing against Donald Trump. So we are, even if it doesn't feel like it, we are moving in the right direction. Uh, also, some other very positive results in the gubernatorial races. Uh, Reichs Marshal Chris Kobach, that's a man in the High Castle joke, if you're cool enough to be on our level. Yep. Uh, the man behind Trump's imaginary voter fraud committee lost his race. So Kansas, Kansas, we're not in Kansas anymore, love a Democratic yep. governor. Uh, but Trump still may try to make Kobach attorney general, but that's probably a position that's most likely going to human meatball sub Chris Christie. Scott Walker also lost in Wisconsin. Uh, he's... Also, he lost in Wisconsin. He's down, uh, I think, 1.4%, and he cannot demand a recount because he signed a law after 16 saying, if you lose by more yeah. than a percent, so, no recount is available. The thing about... <laughs> Hell yeah. Dial on your own sword, buddy. The thing about Wisconsin and Kansas is those two states have seen what happens when you put full Ayn Rand, Atlas-shrugged conservatism into effect. Like, we could have a public university... Or we could have roads. Uh, <laughs> Maybe we'll have neither. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in purple state Colorado, just elected Democrat Jared Polis, the nation's first openly gay governor. Come on. That's amazing. Yeah. So the Colorado cake baker who refused to bake cake for that gay couple now has a gay governor. Uh, so the Senate did not go as well as we would have hoped. The Democrats had to defend 10 incumbents from states that Trump won. Uh, Taylor Swift told everybody to vote Dem in Tennessee. Didn't work. Shake, shake it off. Shake, shake, shake. Okay, we'll do it next time. Yeah. Uh, so the, this afternoon at like 3 p.m., Kristen Cinema pulled ahead of Martha McSally so we can throw Holy out that Holy crap, that that's note. a big, big development. Yeah. So, fingers crossed on that one. Uh, Missouri voted out Claire McCaskill, but also voted themselves in a minimum wage increase, yep. uh, proving that, a little more on this later, people love liberal and progressive policies. They just don't like liberals and progressives. <laughs> uh, that's the same Claire McCaskill, by the way, who said, quote, I'm not one of those crazy Democrats, and also said, quote, I backed the president 100% on the caravan. Uh, same with Joe Donnelly in Indiana, who attacked, quote, left-wingers, and came out in support of building the wall and said Medicare for all would become a reality, quote, over my dead body. He got creamed. Well, well, well. We don't need you, Joe. Sorry. So those issues, so Florida restored felons' voting rights. That's a really yeah. big deal, guys. Yeah. Idaho, Utah, and Nebraska, the three states you think, you know, liberal, socialist, commie hip, uh, hippies, yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Uh, plus, Maine and Kansas are, are all going, are on track to expand Medicaid. That's so 500,000 500, extra people getting health people. insurance. That's a big deal. Utah voters uh, also bucked the Mormon church and voted to legalize medical marijuana. Yee! And so it's really good time to get sick in Utah. Uh, and Arkansas and Missouri, again, red as red can be, both raise their minimum wages. So what's the takeaway for 2020? Uh, so the red states that have Dem senators doubled down on Trump so he could absolutely get reelected in 2020. Totally. Uh, he's probably the favorite as of now. But the good news is uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, the so-called Midwest firewall that collapsed. Uh, it looks like it's being rebuilt. They now, all three of those now have a Dem governor and Democrat state senates. So... Uh because, you know, we saw the Republicans couldn't run on their tax cut, they couldn't run on health care, they had to lie about their everything. Their actual platform. They're going to double down hard on immigration, xenophobia, race baiting. So basically, it's going to be another fun two years. Yep. I'm super stoked. Uh, and a couple of quick hitters. The day after the election, the Pentagon announced that it's no longer calling the U.S. military mission at the southern border, quote, Operation Faithful Patriot. Now they're calling it 
border support. Oh, geez. I w- By the way, the news somehow hasn't talked about that caravan at all since Tuesday. I, don't I know think what they happened. turned around because, you know, yeah. the Republicans kept the Senate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So November 11th will mark the 100th anniversary of the end of World War I, which they called the War to End All Wars. And Spoiler I, alert. I don't think we got it the wasn't. memo. Yeah. Uh, we saw Trump uh, finally forced out Jeff Sessions. Uh, stay tuned on that. Yeah. Uh, Trump also just complained that PC culture doesn't allow him to say that his daughter is beautiful. It's a little creepy what that guy that's, says. That's, uh, uh, it's not PC culture why we're uncomfortable. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> We are going to turn it back over to our uh, good friend and MC, Mr. Chris about Garth. A, a preemptive hand for Chris Garth. How handsome, charming. Look at that. Just oh, calm. what's up, guys? Yeah. How you doing, man? You're in good hands, everybody. I'd like to thank Homebrew in Paradise, Pool Cola, and another, another group that's up there. Let's get, get to this one Royal Thai Garden. I think they have a special message for you, ladies and gentlemen. Royal, Toy, Royal Thai Garden, are you, uh, are you available? Okay, here, here they come. Wanna eat royal Thai? A food so good it'll make you cry. I think about it every night and day. Other Thai food's just okay. Let's go eat at that store. Leave you wanting more. Royal Thai. Let's go eat Royal Thai. Royal Thai. Royal Thai. I don't know when these guys are dropping an album, but they need to do that real soon. All right, coming up, special guest. She was running for the congressional seat, District 1, up against some heavy competition. She's up against a former congressperson. That's Ed Case. She's up against a Senate, former Senate president. She was up against the former or standing chair of the Honolulu City Council um, and some other formidable, formidable opponents in a field of seven. This is a woman who is incredibly strong, incredibly brave, switching parties in the middle of the session. The BFF, BF herself, Beth Fukumoto. She'll be coming out here in just a second. Are we ready, squad? Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Rion Littell and Josh Michaels, and of course the BFF, BF herself, Beth Fukumoto. I like the pants. <laughs> Just keep them on, man. The yeah. white looks good. That's a good look for you. The, all, the white on white I thought was really good. We don't really condone R. Kelly. He's a very uh, complicated individual, but that song is so damn good. So yeah. we are thrilled to be here with, as Chris said, our BF, BFF, BFFF? BFFFFFF. BF, BFF. The last F is Fukumoto. If you don't know her, let us introduce her. Beth is the founder of Solving Equal, a nonprofit organization focused on uncovering and eliminating cultural biases that limit equity for women and girls. Named one of Washington Post's The Fixes of 40 Under 40 Rising Political Stars, Beth served as a member of the Hawaii House of, House of Representatives from 2012 to 2018. She was the youngest woman in the United States to hold legislative leadership the until she was United stripped States. 
of her title following her criticism of who? President Donald Trump at the, Hawaii's, at the Hawaii Women's March. Her story gained significant national attention. She made appearances on Chelsea Handler, The Jim Jeffries Show, Liz Plank's Divided States of Women, as well as being featured in publications such as Elle, Slate, Wall Street Journal, and Teen Vogue. A short documentary produced by The Outline was nominated by the American Society of Magazine Editors for an Ellie Award. Once an elected official, uh, and now as a public speaker, writer, and organizer, Beth is committed to helping women and minorities achieve equity, increase political influence, and build a more inclusive government. Ladies and gentlemen, Beth Fukumoto. Yeah. How do you do, fellow millennial? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm usually backstage when people do that, so that was really awkward to like hear Just it all. Just sit here. Yeah. We could say more things. She's no, no, very nice and kind. She's humble now. and generous. She's <laughs> a creative, uh, wonderful person. Yeah. Uh, we won't we won't ratchet up the awkwardness for her anymore. So what's going on? Not too much. We had an election on Tuesday. Oh, how, yeah. How does it feel to not have to worry about that anymore? So this was the first time I wasn't actually on the ballot in a really long time. So I thought I was going to chill. And then I decided to take a job doing the coordinated campaign for the Democratic Party of Hawaii. And that was not chill. Yeah. So no chill at all. I'm, I haven't slept yet. Soon. <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> well, speaking of not sleeping, you were on the news quite a bit, commenting on the election. Uh, here's the key question, and I don't understand why nobody ever asked it of you. Did you see us on KHON2? In the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, good, good. All right, good. You can stay. Seriously. Beth Fukumoto, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seriously, Beth, what are your key takeaways from Tuesday night? Key takeaways. This was the biggest, well, I think this is, this is a fun takeaway. It was the biggest margin that any governor has won by in 20 years. Yeah. So that's huge. I mean, it really felt like there might be some momentum um, behind the Republican candidate. And to see the voters of Hawaii just resoundingly say, no, we support Democrats here was very nice to see. Um, and I think, that, I think that's the big takeaway. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I personally thought that Tupola was going to outperform her polling. And I thought that would lead to the national GOP dumping money in Hawaii and getting, you know, pitting racial grievance politics against like the actual culture of Hawaii, which is very different than that. Well, they did all of those things. They tried. It just did not work. I right? know. <laughs> We're so much better than everybody else. So, <laughs> so what's it like going from being a member of the opposition party to one of six in the CD1 free-for-all? And now you had to herd all those cats and try to get everybody to play nice as the coordinated campaign person. How did you, how did you do it and not go insane? I feel like that might be my life skill is to jump into super chaotic situations with a bunch of people that don't like each other and then try to get them to like each other. So I found it home. Basically my Thanksgiving. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, YPDA is in the building. Shout out to them. So uh, YPDA recently posted on Twitter, millennials, that's, you know, that's, that's us. us. Uh, millennials and former state reps Beth Fukumoto and Kaniela Ng will share their thoughts on the CD1 race at the next Labor Caucus meeting. Now, you two really got into it during that race, and we need millennial unity at this key time. Has the hatchet been buried, and what are you guys going to talk about? I think the hatchet has been, I think the hatchet was buried. Okay. At one point during the campaign, I like walked up to him and gave him a hug and just said, hey, listen, we're going to be friends as soon as this is done. That's good. Like, you know, we got elected at the same time. We've been friends. It'll be fine. It's, I, if people are expecting like a lot of fireworks at this thing, I don't know if there will be. Okay. I we mean, when I, when I hear labor caucus meeting, I'm like, it's <laughs> basically no, I UFC. Know. Everybody's like really excited that it's going to, I don't think so. I think we're done. Is it as the, uh, as the kids say, will it be lit? Maybe. Okay. 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So going back to Tuesday for a minute, you did not shy away from criticizing Andrew Topola at all. Uh, you pointed out that she wouldn't talk about actual concrete policies, especially on affordable housing. You blasted her with the David Ige impersonation ad saying, quote, I guess we know why Tupola won't denounce Trump. They both use race and age to divide. This was tasteless, cruel, and exactly what I expect from a candidate in this party. And you said that she lied about why she voted to replace you in House leadership. Specifically after your departure came up in the governor's debate, she said, quote, she left out that when she looked at, excuse me, when she looked for votes to replace me, she defined, quote, clear leadership as adherence to a Republican agenda, supporting all Republicans, including Trump, and never speaking up against racism or sexism if it shed a bad light on Republicans. Either she was lying then or she's lying now. Maybe that's why she dodged the question. Uh, so how do you really feel about her? I know, maybe I'm a little bit too vicious in campaigns. <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> Blood sport. What did you think about yeah. her concession speech? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> another result we it haven't talked so about. Do you, do you expect her to give up? Uh, I, I really don't know. She might give up. She, she actually might. She I don't better know. not, because she said a lot of times that she would not. <laughs> she did, but yeah. there's a lot of stuff in that concession speech that I don't think she wants somebody running in the next election. So Fair. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Another result we have not talked about yet, Hawaii voters rejected a constitutional convention. May we ask what side of the issue you came down on? I voted yes. Um, <laughs> Would you care to elaborate on why? Yeah, you know, I think, and, and I had actually come out earlier and said I was leaning no and supporting the no position because I, I just think it's dangerous to just open up the Constitution without a plan. That said, I do really believe we need more voices in, in government. And when we realize that voter turnout is still going to be down, people feel disenfranchised, we needed to do something to make people feel like they were part of things again. And so I voted yes. All right. Very good. So tell us a little bit about solving equal. Yeah, so Solving Equal I came from basically have, having run in this campaign and realizing that this pink wave that was going all across the country and making real differences, making real change. We have this brand new group, this Democratic caucus is going to be much more diverse than it's ever been, way more women. None of that was happening in Hawaii. <laughs> um, and watching the, watching the primary and seeing every single female candidate at the top of the ticket loose. Um, they, w all of us were given less airtime. We were commented on less in the media. When we were commented on, people were talking about our emotions. They were talking about our hair. They were talking about what we looked like. They weren't focusing at all on, on the same things they would focus on if we were men. And so I looked at that and, and talked to some of the other candidates and just said, listen, if we're going to make sure that the next generation of girls have an equal playing field, that they don't have to start from this deficit when they try to run for office. It might not even change for me. I think it is, that's why we named it Solving Equal. This is still something we have to solve. Um, it's something that we're gonna have to uncover what are those biases that we don't even know we have that's actually holding women and girls back. It's gonna take work, it's gonna take research, it's gonna take academia um, and polling, but. We want to solve it to make sure that the next generation doesn't can can actually be equal. You know, before you know, as we get to solve it, uh, what are your like? What's your current hypothesis about why you know for such a progressive state we lag behind on that? Yeah, I think we have we we hold very traditional gender roles, very very traditional gender roles. So part of solving equal would be doing focus groups and trying to figure out where are those where are those roles coming from. We can all sort of hypothesize that, but we should find some data, and nobody has done that. So let's find the data, know where the roles are coming from, and then know how to change them. You know, that's that's PSAs, that's that's all sorts of different, that's training in schools. What is it going to take? 
to change a diverse population, right? We also know that we have such a diverse, uh, such a different demographic here in Hawaii, but it's a demographic that we're seeing happen across the country, right? As, as diversity increases, what I wanna make sure is that a lot of the more diverse cultures have a little bit more traditional gender roles. They're coming with traditional gender roles. So as diversity picks up across the country, are people going to have, are women going to continue to have the same problem because those gender roles are going to come back. The, the traditional gender roles will stay strong. So what do we have to do here to make that different? And so I think Hawaii is a good testing ground. You know, Hawaii has been a great place for everything. I mean, we, we started the pro-choice movement here. You know, we've made great gains um, just being this sort of liberal test bed for things. And I think that this is a great thing to start now. So, please clap. Please clap. So, we understand that you have partnered with some intrepid, brilliant young uh, podcast producers and have a show of your own coming out soon. <laughs> I do, I do. So, we're going to do, I, you know, in, in this day and age, like, I, I bet, like, half of you were super bored by what I said about solving equal. You know, you're like, yeah, that's interesting, but she's kind of being kind of geeky and wonky, and, ah, eh, is anybody going to care? Uh, I care. think, I know we you care. do, yeah, and right I'm right. sure a lot of you do, but I wanted to make it more interesting. I wanted to actually take people on that journey with me as we're trying to solve equal and talking to all these fun people, then I would like you to hear what they're saying, too, and so that's something that we can all do together, get that information at once and solve it together. And so these guys are going to help me out. Please clap. <laughs> Thanks, Jeb. How about that graphic? I love that thing. Uh, yes, we will be helping you out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it will be debuting January 2019, just in time for the uh, convening of the new Congress. Yeah. With lots and lots of women. Lots and lots, lots of women. Lots and lots yeah. of women. Yeah. If you don't like women, this is not the show for you. So what? Okay, so... The election's power, moving into a new year. What, if anything, from 2018 gives you hope? And what are your predictions for what we see in 2019? It can be anything. It can be here, nationally, anywhere. Like, what do you think is going to happen that we're not expecting? Uh, what in 2018? I think what gives me hope is that more millennials did turn out to vote. Yeah. Um, Thank you, young people. Woo! Youth. That's that's what's going to change everything, right? We know that our view of gender roles are different. They're naturally different. If we are in power, we are going to make things very, very different than they've been. So to actually see millennials vote was huge. I think that could make a difference in 2020. Um, and I think people are paying a little bit more attention, not locally, though. And that's the other piece that I'd like to change. We're working on it. We are yeah. all working on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, give us your predictions for 2019. What's going to happen here nationally, anywhere that, you know, we're really just anywhere. What's, gonna, what's going on? 2019, well, 2019 nationally is still going to be a little bit of a problem. I think if I could, like wave a wand and have something happen and be to do something about single-payer health care. At the very least, I'd like to see the House introduce something and just kind of keep hammering at it, even if we know the Senate's not going to pass it. But single-payer health care is a discussion that we need to start having. Um, so that would be my magic wand. Yeah. <laughs> um, and locally, if I have a magic wand again, locally it would be passing a tax on real estate investment trusts, making sure yes. that if you own property here in Hawaii and you're a corporation, you're actually paying taxes on the, the profit that you're making off of us. Fantastic. All right. So 
now the moment everybody's been waiting for. We promised an Ask Me Anything, an AMA. Uh, we're going to open up the floor to questions for Miss Fukumoto. Does anybody have any questions? Any burning things you want to know? Or comments disguised as questions. We're all familiar with those. <laughs> okay, not all at once. Not all at once. Okay. Alan Cow, are you out there? <laughs> okay, we've got people back there. Any questions at all? Speak once, speak now, or forever hold your peace, guys. I feel like these people might know everything about me. I feel like they're kind of thinking that. Let me ask yeah. one that I think is relevant and one that I've heard a lot and maybe people are, are too chicken to say. Um, you support single-payer health care. Mm -hmm. You support uh, progressive tax on corporations owning real estate. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you a Republican in the first place? <laughs> Uh, you know, I was I I actually had a rant about this today in Democratic Party headquarters. Um, I think for me it was this idea that one sector of the Democratic Party, which I viewed as the whole thing, the, the establishment, controlled absolutely everything. And when I came in here and when I got involved in politics, the first thing I looked at was just how few other voices there were. There was just one powerful group that did everything for everybody, and nobody even had a shot at something different. And as somebody who was struggling with student loans and not being able to move out of my parents' house, it was too expensive to live here in Hawaii, all of those things, I just thought, listen, if they're not gonna do anything for me, and they're not gonna fix things, then I'm gonna try to fix things, and maybe that means I should do it in the Republican Party, because there's nobody else there, <laughs> right? I mean, it was the right place to try, I thought, um, I wasn't aware of the powerful national forces that existed. Yeah. And so... Oh, and I totally failed. I feel like I should... Uh, that, that, like, goes without saying. <laughs> but, At least you're honest. But Donald Trump, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what would the Republican Party have to do to get you back? Oh. <laughs> Burn it down and start That's over? Impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I burnt the bridge when I left. I mean, that's... I don't yeah. know why you say that. I, I wouldn't have seen the news and even thought that. Hot, right? <laughs> All right. So let's say uh, Trump declares himself president for life. What, Purer, one might what, say. What country are you fleeing to? What's your go-to destination? So I used to say Canada, but they might build the wall, right? Yeah. I mean, we're... Yeah. Wait, Canada's building the wall now? I hear Canada might build... Yeah, what? they don't want us. Those Americans yeah. are bringing crime. They're bringing drugs. I assume some, some of them are good people. Some of them. Well, and they yeah. have good health care, so, yeah. right? They don't want us in on it, you know? So Everybody's just basically moving north until we all congregate in Alaska, and we're just hoping <laughs> that things will be better there. I mean, with climate change... Sarah Palin, though. Sarah Palin. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's going to be tropical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grow some like nice palm trees. Good. Do you have your eye on any other races? Anything coming up? You think you'll ever run again? I did rant on Twitter today about the DMV quite a bit yes. um, and said I might actually announce from the DMV line that I'm going to run for city council. So just, <laughs> just to clarify, just to clarify, are you pro DMV or anti DMV? Oh, good Lord. I have a video. I need, I, okay. Can I, can I tell just 30 yes, seconds? Please. Yeah, you can tell as much as you so want. Nobody's asking nobody's, questions. Nobody's brave yeah. enough to ask questions, so okay. you, the floor is yours. You might need questions about the DMV, actually. Yeah. Uh, so they have this online system, right? And anybody that watched our congressional debate, I had a legit bone to pick with Councilmember Ernie Martin about the DMV. So I brought it up. It wasn't a throwaway question. I actually want to know about the DMV because I had stood in line like six different times. Anyway. It comes up again because my dad has to go stand in line at the DMV and he doesn't know how to use the computers and now it's all automated. So I go with him and they say, oh, we took down the computers, that's why it's not working. So you can't do it online anymore. You have to stand in this line and use this computer here. So I'm standing in line with all these people, 70 and up, 
who don't know how to use the computer. And this woman says to us, just keep pushing the button. And when it turns blue, it's great. When it turns blue, then you have an appointment. And so for 15 minutes, I sat there with my dad. And I have a video on Twitter about it, just pushing the button, start over, start over, start over. And we eventually, half an hour later, we got him in at 4 PM. So wow. this is at 9 AM. We got the appointment for 4 p.m. Yep. Wow. Everybody else had to go home. Okay. <laughs> what did you guys do until 4 p.m.? Wait. Oh, I left him there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's, that's the attack ad right there. Beth, Beth Fukumoto doesn't care about our Kapuna. He had his iPad, his, his puzzles. <laughs> he was good. So okay. He's five he years old. He, he left with an iPad and a puzzle? <laughs> this, is, this is your dad of the famous uh, Beth's at work, I'm her dad sign, Yeah, right? no, my dad is super awesome. And I'm pretty and he, sure he didn't want me to keep hanging out with him oh. there. He's like, Beth, you're cramping my style. Yeah, get away. Just, like, just get out. As I left, he was like making friends in the DMV. Naturally. It's fine. Comes yeah. natural to the family here. Yeah. Uh, Want to open? Anybody got questions? Anybody? Yeah, we got a couple. Yes. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Hey, so uh, what are some female candidates or, or women that you work with now who are younger who you think would make good candidates to run in future elections in Hawaii? Oh, well, um, she's, she's going to hate me, but Erin Fernandez. Uh, I just recruited her this morning. She's still saying no, but I'm going to get her eventually. Who is Erin Fernandez? Erin Fernandez. White people, shut up. She lives, right now, she lives in Milwaukee. I think she's from Hawaii, though. And there's a Republican seat there that she might want to run for someday. Okay, okay. All right, shout out. Jean well, okay, Ward, she doesn't want to. I'm going to encourage her, too, okay. and these guys, too. So yeah. Guys uh, YPDA represent. Thank you. Um, Bill, yes, sir. What you got? This is Bill of Homebrew in Paradise fame, everybody. Homebrew in Paradise. If you need any beer, wine, liquor, cider. not liquor. No, no beer, not liquor. Beer, not beer liquor. wine, oh, cider, kimchi, perfect. any supplies like that, uh, go on no, down to really Homebrew in Paradise. Out. Who knows the address? Wait, wait, hold on. Somebody said it. What is it? Seven, 740 Mo'ova'a Street, Kalihikaya. Anyways, Bill, thank what's your you, question, sir? You, um, so most of us all in here are more of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party here. What does the election of Ed Case tell you about the, vote, uh, about the uh, um, electorate populace in the state of Hawaii? Yeah. And what are your real thoughts about how <laughs> name recognition overwhelms uh, good policy? Yeah. Um, Chris, okay. where are you? Can you take the mic back, please? Thank you. So I think that's, that, that's the first thing, right? I mean, I think you got to Ed Case, name recognition. This was a name recognition election uh, across the board. People with names that people knew got elected. And very few new people did if they were up against somebody with high name ID. And I think that comes to the only way you fix that is by getting more basically getting more attention for the candidates that don't have that name ID. The problem here in Hawaii, and the reason why I think people get frustrated with the Democratic Party, frankly, is that getting name ID requires money. And that money is held by a select few people. And a lot of those people are men, uh, very wealthy men no. that are stopping, <laughs> wealthy right? Wealthy men in politics? Wealthy men, yes. And they're guess. the ones that are, that are funding races. So of course our women are going to have more trouble. Of course the younger progressive candidates are going to have more trouble. Of course we're going to get the same people every single year. And until we change that, I, I think that's the difficulty. Um, but it's changeable. 
campaign finance reform. Yes. Yeah. All right, next question, next question. Uh, over here, please. You might have to come to the microphone, sorry. Okay. Oh, wow, long mic cord. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, you know, recently there was a measure uh, that didn't pass about um, investment properties, taxes going to fund education. Mm -hmm. And I was really sad to see that it didn't pass based on our crumbling infrastructure in schools. And I was just wondering your thoughts on maybe why it didn't pass other than greed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would say, okay. Um, it, it was undefined, so I, I understood the reason why why folks said the, the court turned it down, said it wasn't a, wasn't a good enough question. I do get that. I did pass. I did vote for it when it came out of the legislature because I thought it was the best question we could put forward, um, asking voters if they were willing to tax second properties. I think that people don't fully understand what I what I have noticed about my language when I talk about real estate investment trusts. If you talk about higher property taxes, people get really, really mad. And part of it is because you can say a million dollars or more, but some of the people who have houses that are a million dollars and more now bought them at $60,000 when they were first getting started. And they can't afford that, that bump, right? So I think what we need to do a better job of is defining what it means to be a second homeowner, defining what it means to be ultra wealthy, really challenge this whole idea that we can't tax out-of-state people more, that we can't tax foreign investment more. We absolutely can. It's just that nobody's had the political will to fight it. Yeah, we, so uh, I worked in real estate for a long time, and I've, I've done a lot of development all over the country. I did some here, and it's astonishing. If You, know, you, can, you can see uh, how few of the units that were built in Kaka'ako or in Waikiki, which obviously Waikiki is more of a tourist area anyways, but like how few of them are actually lived in at all. Yeah. I mean, some of them, you the lights have never come on. Some of them are empty right now. And what we've got this huge problem of is that uh, the Asian markets are growing really, really rapidly and people are accumulating a lot of wealth and they need somewhere to put it. And it's a uh, much safer investment to put it in Hawaii real estate than it is in say, Asian securities or in Asian real estate. And so what you've got is billionaires from all over the world, mostly in Asia, just proximity, they're coming over and they're buying up not just like one unit and not just like a, a vacation home, they're buying up whole floors, uh, these billionaires are, and they're just parking their money here. And they don't ever care if it's lived in because the eventual return uh, based on what they can pull out in equity and refinancing structure makes it still a, a viable deal. So we've built you know, thousands of units since the recession hit in 2008, 2009, and I, I would be shocked if 40% of them are lived in by Hawaii residents. Oh yeah, we, we actually, people, this is I think the mistake people make is they, they think that maybe millennials are just not working hard enough uh, to get their piece, right? And we can rant all day about this, right? Yeah, one job should be one enough. Job. Anybody know about the local five strike? Yeah, yeah hell yeah, that's, uh, that's going into what, week five now? Six? Yeah, yeah. 31 days, yeah. Uh, shout out to them, If sorry not to interrupt Beth, no, but no. if you guys wanna support they're picketing in Waikiki 24-7. Uh, run down there, drop off some donuts, some coffee, whatever it is, water. They need all the help they can get. And even more hands, right? Even Just more If hands. you can stand down there with them for like an hour, that, that helps to boost everybody's morale for sure. It's pretty fun to march with them too. Yeah. Josh and I did it. Their yeah. chants are good. Yeah. That was Ryan's first ever, that was your first ever march, right? Yeah, first ever march. First time I've ever been a part of a real good mob. 
I like. I really enjoyed it, guys. Yeah. I'm uh, pulling him more to the left every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh's Facebook defines him as very liberal. Mine's just liberal, but Josh's like, I don't know what the hell you are. Um, all right. Can we get another question? Another question? Yeah. Down here. So. I'm uh, very proud of Hawaii for being progressive in terms of its stance on climate and, and global warming. And I think that's appropriate. I mean, we're an island state, and we're in the tropics. We're in the, in the sites of hurricanes and uh, floods and uh, sea level rise. Um, and we have one of the most aggressive uh, plans for weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. So I guess my question is, what do you think about a carbon tax, which is revenue neutral, um, and, and also do you know or ha have a feeling for if there's a plan out there to actually meet the targets that are set by the legislature? Yeah, so, so yes, carbon tax, I, we, we need to do whatever we can to offset um, all of global warming. And what, what I, f I feel like I need to add a story in here too. We're watching the news the other night and, and my niece, who's like been very involved in politics, she's seeing everything. She's seeing Kavanaugh, like all this terrible stuff on the news. All of a How sudden, old is she? oh, she's 11. <laughs> okay. Wow. okay, I mean, well, let's, well, she grew up in my young. family, yeah, right? Yeah. Like she just- Politics in the family. So she freaks out when she sees global warming come up and climate change. And she just says, grandpa, grandpa, turn it off. And we, I said, what's going on? And my mom goes, oh, it's climate change. It scares her. And I looked at her and said, Haley. Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, what is it? And she said, it's the one thing nobody can do anything about. Yeah. And I just, so I want to educate her on everything we can do, right? There are things we can do fine, like, we know that we're fighting a very, very, very uphill battle, but there are things that we can do. We have been aggressive about our renewable energy goals. I think that we are changing um, the way that we're trying to even, even decide how we dis net metering and all that stuff, right? The more we can change that, the quicker we can actually get to our goals. I think the other thing that we really need to start looking at is sea level rise. I, the city has a plan. We are starting to get some money in. But one of the things that I'd really like to see our congressional delegation push for is that any federal money coming in, any federal grant that goes anywhere, has to take climate change into account. Mm. So they cannot build right on the ocean without taking all of this stuff into account. I think that would save taxpayers money in the long run. A lot of these things really do save money in the long run, but we have to talk about it like that. Fantastic. Any more questions? Anybody Another else? question. Yes, right here, please. Hey, I, I want to ask a question about uh, your ideology of equality, right? Um, I look out there and I read the news every day uh, and I see a lot of people gaining traction through, you know, what they said earlier, the xenophobia, the racism. Uh, and I tend to be kind of empathetic, and I try to empathize with people who this message resonates with, and I wonder why does it resonate with them? Um, and it leads me to thinking, what do they have to gain by seeing somebody as oppositional as other? Um, and I think when I see a lot of the people with the liberal voice talking about equality, they, they don't express equality as something that, that has merits that, that we can gain from it. And so the question I want to ask you is, what are the merits of equality and why should we be working towards it? Hmm. What are the merits of equality? Um, I think that when you look at, when I talk, because I talk to a lot of these people, right? I think that when you look at it, you have to look at it and ask people, it, do you want your son to have the same opportunity as your daughter? Those are the merits, is that you actually have 
everybody's starting off on the same foot. And that means that we have to do things as a government, as a society, to bring people up. And that's where we a lot of times get people angry, right? Is, is uh, the people that you're talking about that get angry, that are xenophobic. They're upset that we are doing these things to bring people up, to make things level. Um, but that should be the goal. And, and when, you, when you do that, then you have all these new voices that are able to participate. And I have to believe that the more ideas you get in one place, the better your government's going to be. That's what America was founded on. We have to get back there. The only way we do that is by raising up the people that have been left behind. Thank you. Uh, any more questions? Another question? Yeah, we've got one up there. We see medical marijuana and recreational marijuana pass ballot initiatives across the country. If Hawaii put it on the ballot, do you think we will legalize it? Yes, I do. I do. I think um, that wouldn't have been true prior to Colorado. Once Colorado went, I think, I think it's true now. Um, people have been able to go to Seattle and Colorado and some of these places and see that it's not sort of the apocalypse that they thought it would be. Um, so yes, I do think it would pass. All right, one more question. Yeah, right here. My question was just about what Solving Equal does. Uh, every, everything you said about um, female politicians being judged on their looks or their feelings or that people in Hawaii have very progressive values but very traditional gender ideas really resonated with me. But then when you talked about what Solving Equal does, I wasn't actually sure what Solving Equal is or does. So the idea would be, what the first of all, what I wanted to do is take a step back, right? We, we spent a lot of time pushing more women to run. We spent a lot of time talking about things like hair choice and how much that impacts a woman. Does she look too feminine? Does she not? We've talked about those things quite a bit. I think what, what Solving Equal is trying to do is get at what are the roots of those problems, take kind of a deep dive into it so that we can kind of take it apart, right? So there are three main things that I would like to do. The first thing is to actually start to pay more attention to the media, especially local media, and to start alerting them and calling them out when there is a bias, right? Pointing out that every single writer that wrote a story about politics this year was a man. Um, that every single owner of a newspaper or a, or a TV station is a man and that that's making some, it's, it's causing something and start to actually show what those things are, right? So that's the first thing. I think that makes more of an immediate change. The second thing is paying more attention to donors. Who's donating? What are their biases? How can we uncover that, show that? How can we try to get new people to, to donate? One of the biggest problems is that women don't donate to campaigns like men do. So education. And then the third thing is, again, just diving deep into the community, into the different cultural barriers we're facing, and that's probably more like focus groups and polling. And then from there, test messaging things so that we could do PSAs, so we can do education in the schools to actually try to start to shift things. So I think there are a few things that are immediate, and there are some things that just aren't, they're, they're long-term and they don't have immediate benefit, so nobody's ever done them, but I think it's time we start. All right. Let's Please clap. All right, that's Beth Fukumoto, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, one more Everybody, time. Give it you. a one more time for Representative Beth Fukumoto. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, it's time for our last segment of the night. It's called Shoutouts. Shoutouts. Let's do a quick shout out to all of our listeners, every single person who's grown this empire. Thank you to all thank of you. you. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yeah. We only had a few new people here tonight. 
Thank you to you. Thank you to everyone who's listened and has kept coming. We would not be doing any of this without you. Uh, mahalo to the arts at Mark's Garage, uh, specifically Donna and her team for hooking us up. Yeah. For Thank you to Rayco. Thank event. you to Ryan, who's running yeah. the event. Not me, a different Ryan. He's more handsome. Uh, also, Sequoia, who helped us so much over the course of this yeah. week. Uh, shout out to all of our sponsors. That's Homebrew in Paradise, Pukoa Organics. Go get yourself some sunscreen. Go get yourself uh, some lovely brewing equipment. Royal Thai Garden in Eba Beach. Food so good, it'll make you cry. Living Wage Hawaii. If you care about people, you care about living wages. The financial planning services of Jason Anthony at New York Life. Yeah, and uh, High Design Barber and Lounge, which you're all getting coupons for right now. Let's give them a round of applause, everybody, one more time. Also, mahalo to our guests tonight. We had Isaac. Everybody give it up for Isaac one more time. And to the inimitable Beth Fukumoto. Also, uh... Just one more quick shout out to whoever those guys were that were singing earlier in costumes. They just sounded so good and the whole production was great. Thank you, thank you. Uh, also a big thank you to our wives who have yeah. supported this from the beginning. So thank you. Uh, with a double shout out to uh, my wife, Jordan Little, the beautiful, the illustrious, the wonderful, the incomparable, who's also the executive producer of the show and the showrunner tonight, handling the lights, the sound, and the visuals. Come on, guys. And, and, and she makes more money than me. <laughs> Hooray for gender wage gap, right? It's over with her. She's, she's crushing it. And basically keeping Ryan from having a nervous breakdown. That's right. She sure did. Yeah. Oh, shout out to, where did he go? Where's he's, our MC, Chris? Chris. Yo, come what's out, up? Come out shout here. out to Chris. Take a bow, Christopher. Thank you. Hey, guys. Uh, thank you to all of our guests from season one. Uh, any 39 of them plus. Yeah. Any guests in the building? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you Friends. guys want to talk to some very interesting people, talk to the people that just raised your hands. Yeah. Uh, also, talk to the other people, too, because they're probably interesting as well, or they wouldn't be here. Shout out to Taryn Pasqua. Uh, I don't know where she is, but our phenomenal PR rock star. Yeah. If you guys wonder how the hell we got on the news, it's thanks to Taryn. So uh, if you liked it, if you hated it, talk to her. Also, if, if you're a person who needs PR services, if you need uh, any sort of promotional help, uh, I don't know if you can afford her because she's pretty damn good, but she's worth talking to nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know if she made it out tonight, but if Allison Hartson is here, shout out to her. Shout out to the TYT Young Turks Army. Okay. Yep. Nope. Okay. Nope. 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 No, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Perfect. Uh, also, aloha and thank you. Thank to you, all of everybody. You. That's all we got, Ladies guys. Ladies and gentlemen, show number forty-two, Josh Michaels and Rion Latell. Congratulations. We're have and thanks Isaac so much for being here, out. ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up one more time for Isaac, our musical guest. Yeah, Isaac. Yeah, bud. <laughs>